We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. the July 31st trade deadline. John, I got to say that I expected the Red Sox to be more active, and yet it was other teams, including the Yankees and the Dodgers, that uh, kind of showed that they're going for it this year. A deal even went down after the trade deadline on August the 6th, where Yonder Alonso, who I thought was a per- perfect candidate to go to New York, he was sent instead to Seattle from Oakland for prospect Boog Powell. So uh, the Yanks, I thought they had a big need at first base. I guess they're going to kind of deal with it in-house. Uh, they certainly have some options there. But uh, my main comment here is, John, I was surprised that Boston didn't make any significant moves when you knew that the, the Yankees were arming themselves. And, uh, hey, speaking of the Yankees, didn't one of us predict a slide for one Aaron Judge? I think you. I think you might have uh, <laughs> might have guessed that uh, you know post post home run derby he might be the kind of guy that uh, once his swing gets a little bit out of whack it, it creates a whole different chain of problems and uh, that's certainly uh, proven to be the case thus far. I mean, since the break he's been uh, you know just pretty miserable to play. To. He's you know gotten into a few home runs obviously, but uh, outside of that it, you know it's almost like. Uh, a, a Joey Gallo type of, of uh, production since the break, and that you know that's not necessarily a compliment right now. Yeah. What about the yeah the Red Sox? Well, they're on a seven-game win streak, but they didn't make any moves. Are you surprised about that? Um, it, it, that was surprising. I mean, I guess they they did get Nunez, who that was before the before yeah. the uh, deadline. Yeah. But um, I, it's sort of like they added a player or, or went and acquired a player by by getting uh, uh, Rafael Devers called up. I think that he's a guy that that's, you know, sort of a future, uh, serious piece for them. Uh, and he's been doing extremely well since he got the call. Um, you know, that, that team was so talented top to bottom. It, it was always surprising to me that they weren't running away with this division to begin with. So it just seems like they're starting to play the brand of baseball that, that, that they've been capable of all year. And uh, that that's uh, pretty big trouble for pretty much the rest of the American League. And you know what? I spoke. I wanted to speak about the Red Sox and the Yankees because we're going to see them go head to head in two series over the next two weeks, and that's going to go a long way toward shaping the uh, AL East division race. And uh, you must be pretty happy that your club's in a, in it uh, at the moment as well, at least on the wild card side of things. I'm yeah, I'm shocked. I think. Uh, Every year, though, it seems like the the August trip out west can kind of uh, turn the season one way or the other. Last year, they survived it pretty well. uh, But the year before, they were very much in contention, had a terrible West Coast swing and came back. And they kind of carried that weight with them. And they kind of plummeted down the stretch in 2015. So uh, I think 
once again, this will, uh, the rest of the season kind of hinges on, on this trip and, and how the re- how they kind of respond uh, from it uh, moving forward. Well, John, before we get into the nuts and bolts of our show, I want to get uh, to our fan- FanDuel picks, of course, but we want to invite our listeners to remember to follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow John at Johnny McKex. John's getting a, a lot busier now with college football around the corner and manages still to do a great job fitting uh, the baseball requirements on his schedule into in into his busy slate. So I appreciate you being available today, John, for sure. Of course. I've got to make time for this. This is the fun stuff. Excellent. Well, let's go through the matchups with a quick preview of projected starters. And as usual, we're going we're gonna to avoid the five early starts going with the games that begin at 7 o'clock Eastern. So, John, take us through the first uh, half of that slate. All right. Leading us off in the nation's capital, we have... Uh, the Washington Nationals with Gio Gonzalez, nine and five record, two six six ERA, hosting the Marlins with Alex Con- Adam Alex Conley, Adam Conley, uh, four and four record, five one zero ERA. Uh, the Nationals minus one eighty five favorites, implied over under there is sitting at nine and a half. Then we have the Yankees going up to your neck of the woods to face uh, the Blue Jays. They got Masahiro Tanaka on the mound, eight and ten record, four nine three ERA. Still heavily favored though at a mi- minus one seventy. Uh, going against the Blue Jays and Nick Tepish, uh, implied over under there, sitting at a flat nine. Uh, we have the Red Sox with Rick Porcello, five and fourteen record, basically the, a mirror image of, of what he did last year, where where he was getting all the wins that you know he possibly could. Four seven ERA, minus one twenty five uh, favorites for the Red Sox in Tampa Bay to face uh, Jake Odorizzi, six and four with a four four seven ERA. Moving out to Detroit, we have an interleague series uh, with the Tigers and Justin Verlander taking the hill, seven seven record, four two ERA. Uh, hosting the Pirates and Ivan Nova, ten and eight record with three six six ERA. Uh, the Tigers are minus one thirty favorites. The over under there is sitting at nine. Then we have the Padres with recently acquired Travis Wood, one and zero record with a four nine one ERA. Going against Cincinnati's Asher Wojciechowski, uh, two and one record, four one five ERA. The Reds are are sitting at a minus one fifty favorite. The over under there is at a nine. And to finish off with the later games, well, one more at 7.30. Phillies and uh, Jared Eikhoff go to Atlanta to face Sean Newcomb. That's a 7.35 start. The home standing Braves are a minus 150 favorite. The over-under set at 9.5. Then, beginning with two eight ten starts, we have the Astros uh, throwing Colin McHugh. Uh, they're a heavy favorite win this one, minus two ten, 225 and a 10 over-under against the White Sox and Miguel Gonzalez, who's been really... Uh, mostly down in uh, in a five and ten year with a VRA of five fifteen, and uh, the Twins throw a big sexy up against the Brewers one and one five eighteen ERA. This is going to get me to tune in. A curiosity kills the cat on this one. Uh, <laughs> I got to see how this guy continues to throw the ball and get batters out. He, he pitched a complete game last time out too, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, in Milwaukee, they're throwing Brandon Woodruff. He's one and zero, oh, uh, one appearance so far this year. The home. Town uh, Brewers are 160 favorite. The over/under set at 10. Then uh, at 8:15, the Royals send Trevor Cahill to the mound at St. Louis against Mike Leak. Mike Leak is a 7-10 record, 3.34 ERA. The over/under set at 135 in favor of the Cardinals. And uh, uh, with the, the sorry, the money line is one minus 135. The over/under eight and a half for that 8:15 start. And finally, the pitching matchup of the night. Uh, I think it's obvious here. The Dodgers and Alex Wood, he's 13-1, and one, John. This is a beautiful record for him, 233 ERA. They're the visiting favorites, minus 120, the over-under set at 8.5 against Arizona and Zach Greinke, the 13-4 and four mark and a 310 ERA there. Geez, I think I might take the under in that one, a 940 right. start. John, let's get into this, be- uh, beginning with our starting pitchers and uh, taking a look at the top end of the board where we see th- a trio of pitchers, including the aforementioned Granke, Verlander, and Tanaka, all above $9,000. Make the case for your favorite in this one. You know, th- this is, you know, this is a, a case where, you know, two of them cancel each other out because, uh, you know, Wood and Granke going against each other. I think, you, you know, if you are able to kind of dig into the numbers and see what you like uh, with one of these guys versus the other, I'd probably give a lean to Grinky in this matchup uh, because I think that the Diamondbacks lineup uh, really, really is is at its best when it's at home. Um, so I think that Grinky has a slight edge here. I think that's reflected in the price as well. He's yeah. five hundred 
more expensive than Wood, but Wood better numbers across the board this season. And, you know, he's playing on a better club. Uh, I believe the Dodgers lost to a non Braves opponent for the first time since like early July last night. I think that that was like one of the first times that they have lost uh, to, yeah, to anyone that's not named the Braves <laughs> quite some time. So that that's just an unbelievable stat, but I, I do give the lean to Grinky uh, in that particular matchup. Um, but I think if I'm paying up for a pitcher, I, I do like Verlander's ability uh, to, to kind of shut down, a Pirates lineup, but you'd prefer it to be in an NL lineup. So, you know, that, that would take away the DH spot that he would have to face. But I, still top to bottom, uh, while Pittsburgh does have some pieces and, you know, Josh Bell is an impressive young player and McCutcheon has really turned things around. Um, I still just feel like Verlander uh, can get through uh, that Pirates lineup uh reasonably well rack up some strikeouts along the way go relatively deep into the game uh get you that quality start bonus that that you're looking for uh you do worry a little bit about the win potential there uh just because detroit seems to be packing it in a little bit uh but at the same time i think that verlander uh would be my choice there but uh what do you have to say about uh, your guy masier tanaka well he's not my guy he's playing against my guys tonight john but this guy comes into tonight's matchup he's two and all this season against the uh, the blue jays and that's just the tip of the iceberg he's dominated this club since he came into the league and uh, he's got swing and miss stuff and against a team that uh, swings a lot he could rack up some big strikeout totals of course the yankees lost last night so they'll be itching to get some revenge against the the Blue Jays at home and I think they get it tonight and a, a mismatch on the mound and, and that's another big, real big reason why I lean to Tanaka in this four pack I said three but it's four guys I'm trying to forget about Tanaka and the Yankees tonight John <laughs> I'm not looking forward to going to work on this one tonight but fair enough but uh, if I had to put money down uh, and I will I would put Tanaka at the top of my pitching rotation for for this matchup and in fact he makes it into the lineup that I highlight today John, there's a, a bunch of guys up above the $7,300 mark, including Jake Orizzi, who gets a start against Boston, coming back off of the DL with a uh, back trouble. Uh, I'd, I'd like him to find a softer touch than, than the Boston Red Sox lineup, to be honest. They're not big in terms of power, but they'll, they'll rack up the hits against most, most teams, and they're on a seven-game win streak. So I'm fading Odorizzi for sure. Are there any other names in this group that you like? I mean, uh, I find it hard to even make a play for Porcello, who's on the, on the other side of this equation, just because he's been terrible this year. But uh, I might, So I might just shy away from that matchup entirely. Uh, who do you like in this group? Yeah, Por- Porcello really uh, you know, hasn't been the same pitcher uh, this season. He's... Uh, you know, even if he does get run support and, you know, occasionally picks up a win, he only has five of them. Um, you know, I, I don't think he has necessarily the stuff to really uh, pay off a, a whole lot in your daily fantasy format. So I really like Colin McHugh here. Uh, McHugh, you know, this is just his uh, he's made just three starts this year. very short uh, in his first outing, but he's gone six innings with one earned in each of his last two outings, uh, six or more strikeouts in both of those. And I mean, the, the Astros are astronomically favored this evening. I think they're like minus 225 uh, going against the White Sox and Miguel Gonzalez. So you, yeah. you got to figure that the Astros should be able to, to pummel Gonzalez and, you know, just kind of the rest of that threadbare roster that, that has been mostly, you know, pillaged by the rest of the league in order to pick up some prospects at the deadline. Uh, so right now that that White Sox team doesn't really look like a major league team. And I think with that, McHugh is a very safe play. Um, for, you know, c- even considering that he's priced lower than some of the more elite options. John, I love that call, and I couldn't agree more. Can you give me your pick of the litter in the uh, bargain basement area of our board tonight from $6,900 at Sean Newcomb of Atlanta uh, down to the bottom where we see the aforementioned Nick Pe- Tepish and Travis Wood and uh, Miguel um, Gonzalez? Um, I think that, that, you know, Newcomb would have been a little bit more appealing earlier in the season, but this Phillies offense has really turned things around since the all-star break. They've been a relatively potent lineup, uh, you know, kind of led by Odubel Herrera, who's been absolutely ridiculous since the break. Um, and it's in Atlanta, which, uh, as we've come to find is, is a bit of a band box. Uh, so I would be off of Newcomb, uh, this evening, I guess, uh, Trevor Cahill would sort of be my guy, but I'm kind of holding my nose. Uh, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm going that route, I just, uh, St. Louis is starting to, uh, find its groove over the last week. I think they've put, you know, 10 or more runs on, on, on uh, the Royals in this sort of in-state rivalry, uh, series this week. Um, so that, you know, that's a, that's a hot lineup they're going against, but I think Kale's pitched reasonably well enough and it is in an NL park. 
to where I think that he would warrant my consideration more so than, you know, like I said, a guy like Miguel Gonzalez or, or your guy, Nick Tepish or, or even uh, Bartolo. Well, and I'm going to make a case for the Cincinnati matchup against San Diego. Both starting pitchers are in this range. I'm going to lean on Travis Wood in this case because Wojciechowski is primarily a relief pitcher. Uh, Wood hasn't really been stretched out to to maximum innings either, but I like his strikeout rate most recently, and I, I like the heart of the order in San Diego too. So two reasons why I might lean Wood's way and uh, hope he hangs around to get a decision. That could be a, a nice vulture victory for me uh, if I can put a lineup together and he comes through. Absolutely. Uh, John, what about uh, giving a nod to our friends at FanDuel now? Uh, you know what? We know baseball's been back for a while. Football's around the corner too. Uh, fa- fa- there's Fantasy baseball is there for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every day. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. New this year, they've up- upgraded the experience. There's late swap contests where you can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games. No more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm. Non-late swap contests are still available too where uh, and also updated scoring so if you get a complete game out of your guy and pick Bartolo Colon you get four more points added to your total if he repeats that performance this evening John and then the friends mode we enjoyed that for our Rotowire staff league which ended before the all-star break and uh, we create they create a league for your friends uh, you can choose the days you play each week contests will be created automatically and then there's a leaderboard that keeps track how you all stack up against each other where bragging rights is what it's all about john in a year where where my favorite team is out of the running i i find that i look for uh, more help in in terms of getting people all over the mlb rosters but you got to be excited about your orioles and does uh, my question to you is they're only one and a half games out is that impacting you when you come to play dfs um let, let's see well it certainly changed the way i view the two players that they went and got at the, at the all-star or at, excuse me at the trade deadline because i think the general reaction uh, especially where the orioles were uh heading into you know that july 31st deadline was sort of like you, they're saying that they're gonna buy but no one knows why this team isn't built to really make a deep run uh but you know the acquisition of tim beckham who uh even with less than a full week of games under his belt uh, at the, you know, at the time, still won AL Player of the Week uh, in his first week in an Oriole uniform, and in Helixson, particularly impressive. His first time out, and he was also impressive last night. Wheels came off a little bit uh, in the seventh, but he w- still went six strong uh, with nine strikeouts. So um, I, w- I wouldn't say that like these are guys that I'm I'm going after all the time, and they're, they're not playing on on the slate that we're getting into today but it certainly changed my opinion uh on beckham it seems like you can kind of uh see where where beckham just really immediately fit into the clubhouse and i think it's really uh been a boon to him because if you remember he was uh the number one overall pick several years back and never really lived up to, to that potential i think after a while that probably grinds on you a little bit and i think a change of scenery for a guy like that uh, has been particularly beneficial, and I think that that's going to continue uh, moving down the stretch. And I also think, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, Manny Machado has been uh, absolutely on fire since the start of July. So uh, if you held on to him in your leagues, uh, I think you're in for a good, uh, you know, final two months that'll help you in your fantasy playoffs. You see that he did that without being an out and out homer folks he, he tells you what why the two players added to the Orioles do get more of an, a, his attention but it's not just because of putting on the uniform now you get an up close look at them and and maybe a different viewpoint as well so a fine fine bit of analysis there as usual John and it's a, and it's a reminder that uh, we want all of our listeners to have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer at FanDuel you can be sports rich sign up today go to FanDuel.com slash RW I think NFL contest prices are up too for week one just uh just a little heads up there exactly we start your homework early uh, we mentioned it off the top my team's one and oh in exhibition play not that it means anything but (laughs) I'm just happy that they didn't lose the first game it's bragging rights for me against my relatives in Arizona so I don't care when they play as long as they win Uh, against against the cards and they did it for me Uh, reminder to folks there's a special offer for new users deposit today and you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus five free entries that's up to fifty dollars in value to try a variety of sports on fanduel that's fanduel.com slash rw all right john time to get into our position picks starting with the catchers where we see four backstops priced at three thousand or more tonight who do you like in this group um for as far as like the upper echelon guys go, you know, because, 
you know, we, we have to remove fr- from this particular slate, you know, your Buster Posey's and your Wilson Contreras that are playing yeah. in the afternoon. Um, Sanchez becomes the best option on the board at catcher. A lot of the times he is anyway, um, but he is facing Tepish. Um, I think that definitely uh, makes him pretty intriguing. Uh, 3,500, it, it depends on how much you want to play the rest of your board. Like wh- where do you, are you picking uh, your, your spots in terms of saving money? Um, but I, I think you could certainly do worse than, than paying up uh, for a guy like Gary Sanchez. And as I mentioned earlier, I do like Cahill in that matchup tonight. So I, I'm off Yadi Molina a little bit, uh, even though uh, he's been excellent over the last week or so. And Matt Wieters, uh, I think against a lefty as well, it just isn't particularly appealing to me, even though he's at that flat uh, 3000 mark. He, he's just not uh, someone that I'm really going to be targeting. Yeah. And to show you that I'm not going to play the Homer role, uh, I'm not going to touch Russell Martin tonight. He's one for 11 against Tanaka, so he's got a, one of the higher price tags on the board, but I can't justify it based on that head-to-head bit of information. So out of this grouping, i got to say I like Sanchez big time uh, against an unproven Tepish. He's a journeyman who is an emergency call-up tonight. You know the Yankees need this game. And uh, Sanchez has got to be smarting from some of the criticism that has come his way from his manager. So hopefully he channels that into the at-bats tonight and performs well for right. those who buy into him. If we go down to the next tier, John, this is where I like Brian McCann a lot in the matchup with Houston against Chicago White Sox. I think it's one of the biggest mat- mismatches on the board, and I, I like McCann's chances to go yard. Uh, he's got the lefty-righty matchup in his favor against Miguel Gonzalez, who's been a tire fire most of the, the season. And uh, so that, that uh, for $2,900, looks to be uh, a lock for me in terms of at least one lineup this evening. Who else might you uh, pick on in this group, say, uh, below $3,000? Um, I would say that that Austin Hedges would be my would be my selection in this particular case. Uh, even though the the wind is blowing in in Cincinnati, uh, so that that sort of deters some of the home run potential. Um, I still think that a guy like uh, Wojciechowski um, is a bit of a fly ball pitcher and and does uh, give up a, a relatively. Uh, unfavorable as far as pitchers go home run rate like 1.6 per nine which is a pretty bad mark for a pitcher and hedges i mean you know at this point in the season we know what we're getting when when we're when we're rostering hedges in dfs it's it's a matter of does he homer or not and and i think for 2400 i think he's worth the risk i I would say uh being out in cincinnati even despite uh those weather factors working against him i think that 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 the matchup specific uh factors uh favor him to the point where uh you know i'll go ahead and get after him well and uh, that we save some money i think at the catcher's position john i think that's where we see value uh in some of the lower options there maybe punting the position because there's about seven or eight guys at the top of the first base uh page that you got to consider tonight in the matchups that they have joey Votto, goldschmidt at the top freddie freeman also there I know you want to speak a little bit about him. Justin Smokes had a fabulous year for the Jays, but I don't like the matchup for him against Tanaka. And uh, Smokes been uh, seeing his strikeout rate increase, so bad matchup there, I think, for the home hometown guy in Toronto. And Lucas Duda, uh, the power stroke is is there, and uh, a threat against Porcello, who's had a tough year, might be a good bet at $3,700. That's my quick uh, look at this group. John, uh, what do you think about the grouping here? Yeah, the, uh, you know, I'd like to see uh, Duda kind of, he made an immediate immediate splash uh, with yeah. the Rays after after getting traded. He hasn't homered yet this week, but that that certainly uh, can change. But if I'm paying up at first base, uh, probably going the Freddie Freeman route. Um, you know, hit, over the last week, hitting 320 with a with a couple of home runs. It's a home game. Uh, like I said, that that's always a place to target bats on Trust Park. Uh, ball flies out there. Going against a guy in Jared Eikhoff that I think that. Uh, Freeman should have no trouble handling and it, it, he does draw the lefty righty advantage as well. So I think Freeman uh, is, is a nice play. And especially, you know, you, we got to consider here that that uh, Paul Goldschmidt is facing, you know, a very, very tough matchup, uh, even though he does have a platoon advantage in this particular scenario as well. Uh, going against Wood was just a tough pitcher. Um, and Votto, 4,400. Uh, he's a nice play too. It's just you know I, I think you can you can safely save four hundred and still feel really good about Freeman instead of uh, paying up for that for that really really top echelon. John, there's a bunch of guys in the lower half of the board at first base that might be considered. Uh reasonable options uh we got ryan zimmerman there at thirty three hundred dollars of course he's not as hot as he was early in the year but i think he gets a good matchup tonight logan morrison uh power stroke's been there all season long for 
for him. He's got 28 round trippers. He gets a, a good matchup tonight. Jose, and he's in cleanup. Yeah, and that's a great consideration too. And similarly, Jose Abreu, you might want to overlook the White Sox lineup entirely, but this is one guy you've got to pay attention to. He's in the middle of their order and will get uh, a favorable matchup against a pitcher uh, in Colin McHugh, uh, who's... Uh, not seen too much of Abreu in their careers and, and I, I think it's an opportunity for uh, for the White Sox first baseman to shine tonight I'd also like Mitch Moreland in the matchup against Tampa because the opposing mound uh, mound guy uh, Jake Odorizzi is coming off the DL and what a tough way to get back in the groove facing the Red Sox in, a, in an important game Moreland for his part has been an under the radar kind of guy in, in Boston's uh, roster. Uh, They don't expect a lot of offense from him. Solidifying the defense uh, at first base is probably the thing that he's most known for, but he's had a pretty decent year, and he'll be on, he'll be in there with a couple of chances to produce some RBIs, I'm sure, in tonight's uh, tonight's matchup. So there's a a quick handle on what I like in this group. I'll finish up also with Chase Headley. I want to give a nod to the Yankees' first baseman. I love the matchup here against against Tepish. Headley, for his part, has been pouring it on of late with several multi-hit efforts in his last uh, 10 games and uh, I think he's got uh, a lock on the first base position so he knows what his responsibility is and sometimes a clear head for a guy who's been back and forth across the diamond can translate to some better production offensively I I look for that situation to be benefit Headley the rest of the season here yeah no I'm with you there I think that's an interesting point and I think you know as far as other other guys um, I think either first baseman in the uh, in the border war in the Minnesota Milwaukee game uh, could make some sense. I know Thames has been, you know, really really struggling of late. You know, hitting 125 over uh, the last week, 195 over the last two weeks. So bigger sample of of disappointment there. Um, but we do know that, that Thames has has the pop, and he is going against uh, Bartolo Colon. Do I think that Bartolo is going to make it nine innings in, in Miller Park <laughs> against that Brewers lineup? I do not. Um, so I think, you know, th- this is an opportunity to if you want to use Thames. Uh, and you think that he he's going to you know start to get things turned around here? Then this you know I don't think there's really a better opportunity that you're going to get uh, at 2,900. You know you're getting a lot of pop potential at first base, and you're saving a ton of money as well so to to really load up elsewhere. So Thames would be my guy, uh, but Mauer would also be uh, in consideration too at 3,300 on the other side, going against a guy making a second uh, major league start. All right, John, let's go over to the second base position. Jose Altuve, of course, putting together an MVP caliber season way above the pack there at $4,300. But there's three other three other guys above $3,500, including Dozier, Murphy, and Merrifield. Which one of these guys do you like based on their matchup this evening? I like Dozier. You know, the, the, again, this is a game that I'm targeting. And uh, Dozier, um, you know, he, he went yard. Uh, last night and i think he's been looking a little bit better of late you know he he's not on that 42 home run pace and he that he was a year ago um but he's still a very productive offensive player you know murphy's a little bit banged up so even if he's in the lineup are you really getting 100 percent of daniel murphy uh especially also going against a lefty not that not that he gets complete not that he you know can't handle a left-hander and adam conley but uh still not an ideal matchup for for you know a if you're paying up in the middle infield spot. Um, so, I mean, I guess Whit Merrifield would be okay, but I, I think for a hundred dollars more uh, in the band box that, that is Miller park where the ball tends to fly out. Uh, I think Dozier would be my pick here. Yeah. I love that call. Merrifield of course has been a big part of the Kansas city resurgence, but you can't knock what Dozier uh, looks to be capable of doing tonight. And, and I agree with you. Uh, the matchup's pretty tasty there. So uh, let's go over then to the bottom part of this board. Um, three thousand four hundred dollars and and down a guy i like here is cesar hernandez against atlanta he's uh one of the table setters in the uh phillies lineup against sean newcomb uh he gets he'll he's a switch hitter so he'll benefit uh, either way but newcomb's that guy who's one and six 461 era on the season so those numbers don't scare me but i like uh, Cesar Hernandez to do some damage here in that matchup above all. Uh, Pedroia has come in for some criticism uh, with the leadership question in Boston and I wonder if he's going to take that and put a, put another chip on his shoulder and uh, turn, turn it up a notch against Jake Odorizzi. These guys know each other uh, faced each other a number of times before and, and I look for uh, the uh, 
the leader of the Boston Red Sox to kind of show his stuff tonight in, in a kind of a statement game with a lot of stuff that's going on with this team in the backdrop. So the, a couple of guys that I like in this group, John, what about you? Um, I think Brad Miller at 2,600 uh, going against Porcello, you know, he's hitting the middle third of that lineup. I think that, you know, he's got a little bit of, of upside to, to work with. And I think, um, you know, if you, if you disagree with my takes on um, Colin McHugh and you, you want to get a little bit of exposure to the, to the White Sox lineup, uh, Yohan Mankata, talented player. We're still waiting on him to really, really start clicking. Uh, but he's hitting fifth tonight uh, at just 2,400. I think that he, uh, you know, a switch hitting guy uh, with, with just uh, a ton of speed as well. The, the kind of speed to, you know, put the pressure on the outfielders if he puts one in play out that way uh, to go for extra bases. So the fact that he's hitting fifth, um, so prime spot in the lineup at, at just 2,400, I think those are the two guys that I would be looking at in the, uh, as far as values at second. John, in terms of the top of the board at third base, of course, people are going to see Josh Donaldson in this mix, and they're going to think, oh, Bruno's going to take this guy. Well, you know what? <laughs> I won't, because he's got a terrible record head-to-head against Tanaka, even though he's had a, uh, had the two-homer game last night. Uh, I just I look at the history between these, these two guys, and it's so one-sided. I know Donaldson has taken him yard once, but that's quite a large, significant sample in the last couple of years. They know a lot about each other, and it seems to me that uh, Donaldson has not yet figured out the uh, the Yankees hurdle. Even though he's not having a great year, I'm going to still give him the nod in this matchup. Am I out to lunch here, or, or, or what do you think? And, and what else is your comments on the top four guys? No, I think you 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 always got got a right idea there, and I think that uh, you know otherwise uh, on the third baseboard, I do like Miguel Sano uh, once again going to that well uh, in that particular game, uh, and you know like I think you touch on a good point where you don't strictly use BVP, but you know when when the sample is significant enough to to where it's like wow this guy really just can't figure out uh, Tanaka, then I, then I think it makes uh, some sense there. Um, another third baseman uh, that that I think would be kind of interesting tonight. Uh, I think the ownership is going to be driven down is Justin Turner because he's just thirty three hundred, and you know he's going against Grinky, so I think a lot of people are going to be off of him. But I mean Turner, he's making his case for the NL batting title and rightfully so, and he's finding the power stroke a little bit. I think he went yard uh, twice last night, and then he's he's homered in three straight games overall, actually as well. So. Uh, you're getting that quality of a hitter for just 3300 I think that screams out uh, as a tremendous value to me. Yeah, another one in that range is Travis Shaw for me. He gets the benefit of the lefty versus righty against the wily old vet. And then also, like Anthony Rondon, one of the hottest hitting uh, corner outfielders, uh, corner infielders on the whole season. you got to love what, what he's done already. And uh, he's got cooled off a little bit of late, so I think the ownership will be off him a little uh, in tonight's game. And I, I look for that as an opportunity, kind of a contrarian play. But I'll, I'll be happy to say that uh, Rondon is in my lineup. Uh, gets the righty-lefty matchup against Alex Adam Con. I call him Alex twice on this show it's Adam sorry to all the relatives there <laughs> but uh yeah he's got an advantage there tonight and I think he takes it takes full uh, advantage of that advantage <laughs> yeah how about the bottom half of the board on third base uh let's see uh d- down in this range uh there's not a ton to love um I, I guess Jed Jerko could, could potentially be a guy, guy that, that I was he- looking at too yeah. Um, you know, he, he's somewhat interesting just because of the upside he can bring uh, from a power perspective. And uh, Jamer Candelario at, at a bit bargain basement price of two thousand. Uh, he's the guy that came up uh, from the Cubs, I believe, in the Justin Wilson deal. Um, so he, he's a guy that was completely blocked in that Cubs system because it, they're so loaded at the major league level. Um, but, you know, in Detroit, he's been he's been able to play and I think he plays pretty well. I think he's got the kind of skill set that will play in Detroit. Um, so he's someone that I would look at if, if you need an extreme punt play. Uh, you could certainly do worse. You know what? I'm going to also uh, give a nod to, to Evan Longoria. He knows a lot about Porcello and uh, one of the smarter uh, hitters in all of baseball. I look for him to take advantage of that matchup. Only $3,100 for a guy who's already had 17 homers and 66 RBIs. That seems like a bit of a discount. I know uh, Longo's been in a bit of a slump most recently, but seeing a guy that he knows quite well should change matters tonight so i'm happy to take a piece of that in one of my lineups 
If we go over to the shortstop position, John, the top of the board is not uh, too far from the bottom in terms of the range because the top three guys are $3,500. That's, that's uh, a little lower than we usually see in this position. You got Nunez, you got uh, Eduardo Nunez, Marvin Gonzalez, Corey Seager at the top, and then you got Didi Gregorius, Paul DeYoung, who you, I know you like, Zach big Cozart. Fan. Huge fan. Big Zach Cozart. So out of that top uh, six-pack, let's say, the top guys over $3,000, who do you like? Um, I would say probably Corey Seager, uh, along the same reasons that, that I gave for Justin Turner. So I think that they're kind of actually a, a pretty intriguing uh, mini stack that you can target because they always hit uh, near each other in the lineup as well, you know, like a 2-3 uh, type of situation. So that that obviously is, is something that's appealing. So if you think that the Dodgers can get to Zach Granke tonight, which I think is certainly uh something to, to at least consider consider or given how uh, strong that Dodgers lineup has been top to bottom all season I mean they're, they're just a juggernaut of a team right now uh, getting some exposure to that lineup even with a tough matchup uh, I think it makes some sense to me so Seager would be my guy among the among the higher priced options but again uh, Paul DeYoung uh, I think he's got pretty uncommon pop for for a guy that plays the middle infield as well so uh, going against Trevor Cahill I think Kale can give up a home run here and there. I think DeYoung can be one of those guys that delivers it. And uh, just below that group, I look at a guy like Zach Cozart batting 313 on the year with 13 homers already. Uh, he gets Travis Wood, who's struggling this season. So you get a, a batter who's getting it right and a pitcher who's getting it wrong. I'll take the batter that's getting it right, please. Thank you very much for $3,300. That's uh, easy math for me. Uh, what about any of the others in the 3,000 and below? I'm shocked to see Xander Bogart's name here, but it's more a reflection on, on uh, I don't know what it's a reflection on. I, I can't really put my finger on it. He's hitting the ball. He's getting, uh, got a consecutive game hitting streak of eight games into tonight's matchup, and he gets a pitcher who's coming off the DL. So tell me why this guy's priced at only 2,700 bucks. Um, I, I guess it would have something to do with, you know, what, what is his ceiling right now? Is he, is he, re, you know, he's consistently getting on base and, you know, OBP is, is great and all, mm-hmm. uh, but does it really do that much for you in terms of FanDuel? Not necessarily. And he, he is coming off back to back double digit games. So I, I'll concede that. Um, but for the most part, it's just been kind of, you know, he's not giving you a goose egg, but he's not really doing a whole lot to, to get you into the cash. So I think that that that's the main rationale behind him being 2,700. And I think, I think you bring up a good point that, that Odorizzi uh, coming off the DL might be a little bit more vulnerable than, than we're usually going to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might not see Bogarts dip much below this price point, price point the rest of the way. Um, so I think that there is some intrigue there, but uh, I will stand by saying that, that just, uh, He's a, he's a fine option, but he, I don't think that he's really going to be the guy that, that tips the scales in your favor and like is the reason behind you cashing. Fair enough. So when he does, I'll, I'll be on your butt uh, next Wednesday. That's Fair cool. enough. Yeah, please. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, who else then under this this range then? Do you have anybody that you would lean on? Um, you know, if you wanted to go back to that, that uh, San Diego-Cincinnati game, uh, I know that Jose Peraza is going to be hitting sixth. Uh, for the Reds there, and he, he's shortstop eligible, so that that's where he is, uh, and at just 2100. So uh, again, uh, there are a few viable punt plays. You know, that this time of the year, with, with the way that ro- rosters has shuffled, and you know, managers are trying to trying to get different guys playing time and and all that good stuff. I think that Peraza, uh, if you need if you need some serious cap relief, uh, 2100, you could do a lot worse than getting a middle of the order guy at Great American Ballpark. Well, let's go over now to finish it up, John, with our outfielders' choices. Uh, there's some intriguing names there. As usual, there's about nine or ten guys over the $4,000 mark. Uh, Bryce Harper at the top 5000 Aaron Judge at $4,800 facing a uh, minor league pitcher. That could bump his ownership <laughs> a little bit. Ryan Braun uh, gets big sexy tonight, $4,400. Wiley Veterans on both sides of that matchup. I'll take the guy who is uh, having a fine offensive season for the Milwaukee Brewers. And then Mookie Betts over ten, uh, in t- against Tampa tonight, $4,000. I'm also surprised about this price tag, too. Are you going to tell me it's a similar case to the guy that we just talked about the last position? Uh, yeah, I, don't think it, I don't think it's too dissimilar. And I think also uh, this is a case where, where you look at uh, what else is available uh, at this uh, particular part of the board. Uh, Stanton against a, a lefty. 
um, that he's pretty familiar with. And it's in Washington where uh, the ball at this time of year, uh, you know, it's so humid in Washington. The ball really does tend to travel there. And Stanton just has no trouble putting it out basically anywhere. Uh, So he, you know, he's an interesting play tonight. And I I think Braun, you know, I I have the fortune of getting to watch the Brewers living up this way. And they they spat out his career numbers against the Twins, and they're absolutely absurd. Yeah. Um, And, you know, this isn't just getting to face the Twins, period. This is, is, you know, a, a shell of of Bartolo Colon here. So, you know, I'm not buying that, that his, uh, complete game from last time out. That's embarrassing for whatever that happened to, but I think that Braun, Braun might be my favorite. I think you and I can probably agree on this of these, like yeah. North of 4,000 outfielders. I think that he's, he's due for a, for another huge night, uh, this evening. Okay. So agreement there. What about in the, the group between 3,600 and 3,900, there's about nine names there, John, and I won't reveal my hand. I want to see if you pick the guy that I'm thinking about. Um, let's see. I think, you know, Adam Duvall again, uh, targeting some of that, some of that, uh, Reds Padres game. Uh, Manuel Margot is also another guy. Uh, I think that he's undervalued in terms of, uh, sort of, uh, how he's been playing. He, he's been really, when he, when he's healthy, he's one of the better, uh, players on that Padres team. It's just the Padres don't really, uh, get garner a ton of pub. Um, but he's an interesting player and, uh, you know, at 3,600 against Wojciechowski, um, I think that he can definitely uh, do a little bit of damage there. Um, let's see who uh, in this else elsewise in this range. No, I'd say that the, those would probably be my favorite picks. And I think Brett Gardner is who's having just an absurd season. Uh, why, why don't you? Yeah, I'll tee that up for you. Uh, <laughs> let, let us know why he's going to tee off on your guys. Well, he's uh, one of the table setter for the Yankees, a veteran player who's had a fine hitting streak of late. And a lot of it includes some power. So uh, he's having a, an outstanding power year. And top of that lineup, they're going to score some runs tonight. And I think he's going to get on base a lot. So you talk about a chance to put up a big game score. I love Gardner's opportunity in that regard. And I feel the similarly similarly about Andrew McCutcheon who's a, a nice resurgent campaign he's facing Justin Verlander and I gotta wonder if Verlander's Verlander's still thinking that he might be dealt John because we got the non the uh, August 31st deadline coming up and I want you to talk to our listeners a bit about that at the end of the show but I think uh, he he may be a little bit distracted because uh, because of that uh, lingering possibility and McCutcheon for his part uh, he's he's seen uh, enough of Verlander over the years on the highlight reels to know what he's getting there. So it's going to be power against power, and I'll take the bat in this instance for $3,700. If we drop down into the sub-3,500 range, John, there's uh, some guys that I'm going to be highlighting, including Carlos Beltran. Uh, I I like the mismatch that he has against Gonzalez for for Houston. I think that's going to be a cakewalk tonight, and I think Beltran's got the power stroke going got some uh he's got a pretty good streak getting on base safely in the last 10 games too so uh he's a guy that is streaky that way and uh i always say take the hot power bat when it's on fire and it is tonight and then uh, one more pick down here i'll take dexter fowler uh for for like that at 2800 yeah, yeah that's yeah, a nice discount that's that's one that jumps off the page because here's another top of the order guy he's a switch hitter he gets trevor cahill who has been so so this year well fowler has been so so for his part as well but i like the fact that he's got a number of multi-hit efforts in his last 10 games and uh, does get the benefit of getting on uh, maybe that extra at bat uh in in the top of the order here tonight so that's my look at the rest of the outfielders what about you john um, I do like Domingo Santana a fair bit. Um, he's at 3,500. Again, he's another one of these Brewers bats that, that has cooled off considerably, but I'm essentially applying the same logic that I did to, to Eric Thames. Um, I think that he's a guy that, that uh, you know, if he's going to start to get things turned around, then uh, what, what better time than going against Bartolo? Uh, in that same game, Max Kepler went yard twice. Uh, you know, he's he's got a lot of power, and when he, when he gets into one, uh, it goes a long ways there. So he's a, he's an interesting play uh, this evening. I also found that that you know uh, Malik Smith. You know he's a bit of a flyer at this point. You yeah. know what you know what he is. You know uh, what you're getting if he if he does produce. You know he's he's going to get on base a couple times. He's going to steal. He's going to be able to score from second on a single. Um, so I think that Tampa should be able to knock Porcello around a little bit. So at 2,500, again, you know, this is just sort of a, a you know, a value play cap relief move. 
Um, I think that he would make some sense. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, Patrick Kivlahan, uh, twenty three hundred, uh, he's batting second against the Padres as well. So that there's some there's some interesting names uh, in really favorable uh, positions in the batting orders that, that I think uh, everyone would be wise to kind of take a look at uh, before sub- hitting submit on their lineups tonight. Excellent call on Kivlahan, and that's a real good point, John, to keep an eye on the Rotowire lineups that we work on all day long. You get the best information uh, before most other outlets provide it. We're on top of that stuff. We've got a crack team at the home office where you reside, and uh, that's a great piece of information that people should be watching and looking at very intently uh, right up to game starts. John, uh, what are your what are your what's your preferred look lineup look like tonight? All right, so my first run through uh, what I have is is uh, Colin McHugh uh, as my, as my pitcher, uh, Austin Hedges as my catcher, uh, Thames, Dozier, Sano, uh, and Seager uh, and Corey Seager as my infield. So uh, again, a lot of exposure to that to that Milwaukee. Uh, Minnesota game. Seager, uh, I'm betting on the low ownership. Um, but again, if, if I were to change my, my third base pick, uh, I do. I kind of talked myself into into a Justin Turner, uh, Corey Seager mini stack. Uh, I think that that makes uh, plenty of sense. And then my outfield, um, it has Justin Upton. I love the way that he's been playing of late. He absolutely killed the Orioles last week. Um, and, you know, he's he's just a, a guy that's uh, I think enough people he's frustrated over the years that he's sort of not getting the credit that he's due for how well he's he's played uh, this season overall. And what's been kind of a lost season in Detroit, Upton is, has, uh, you know, kept his play elevated throughout. And he's just four thousand against a, a guy in Ivan Nova that I think is relatively hittable, even though his uh, baseline numbers on the season uh, might reflect something different. Um, Domingo Santana at 3500 um you know basically what i was just saying and then uh i gotta gotta make a squeeze in here um and i will make my my a quick adjustment to my lineup i will go i'll double down on my kivlahan pick so uh him at uh, kivlahan at 2300 batting second against the padres is my final outfielder all right and i'm going to counter with the following group uh going against my favorite club the uh, Masahiro Tanaka takes the mound, $9,300. He's at the top end of the board, but it makes sense tonight given what I've seen him do time and against against the Blue Jays. So he's an easy pick for me among the starting pitchers tonight. Brian McCann, one of the leading power hitters at the catcher position throughout his career, gets a soft matchup tonight too at $2,900. That's a heck of a discount for a guy who who kind of stands above the re- most of the rest of the field, in my opinion, just because of the ability and the matchup, that, the quality of the matchup that he has. Chase Headley, for much the same reason as I picked Tanaka, I've seen this guy kill the Blue Jays too many times, and now that I think he's uh, solidified his position in the infield, he's going to feel that much more comfortable. The veteran over the rookie, uh, the uh, journeyman pitcher tonight, uh, is an easy call. Also $2,900 discount value there. Cesar Hernandez, He's not just going to produce points by hitting. He can get on base and steal a bag or two. So $3,300, I like the fact that he's, uh, he's been a pretty consistent hitter and uh, gets on, getting on base with great regularity of late. So I'll take that easily and then pair him with Anthony Rendon, who's a red hot uh, in, uh, at the third base position for $3,400 uh, and Washington's hot hitting lineup. And then Xander Bogarts at shortstop with Tampa. I'm going to buy into this guy tonight. At twenty-seven hundred dollars, thinking that I—it's a point of bone of contention now with you, John. You may, you kind of threw down the gauntlet against me there, so kind of stick with that. Uh, right. De- Dexter Fowler, twenty-eight hundred dollars. I made the case another discount value, and then Carlos Beltran, uh, the veteran, at thirty-one hundred dollars in the middle of a potent Houston lineup, gets the benefit of that uh, location. And Ryan Braun against Big Sexy at forty-four hundred dollars. That's where I'm spending big money, looking for a big payoff from a guy who's delivered it more often than not. John, uh, that's our look at the lineups. What about the uh, Rotowire lineup optimizer tonight? The optimizer uh, throws out some interesting, uh, some interesting names here. Um, so starting us off, Alex Wood going to Arizona. Uh, optimizer is confident that, that Wood will be able to pitch well out in the desert. Ninety three hundred dollars there. Um, at your catcher spot, Gary Sanchez, again, going against Tepish. Uh, I think you and I both agree that the Yankees should be able to score some runs mm-hmm. off of him. Uh, at first base and second base is where some values come in. We got Eric Thames, so we're in agreement there. Uh, Brad Miller also mentioned earlier in the show is, is a good call. Uh, Justin Turner is your third baseman uh, here at 3,300. Um, Corey Seager 
is your shortstop. I, I'm, you know, again, doubling down on both those picks, big fan of both. Um, moving down the list, as far as your outfield goes, go expensive, uh, with Mookie Betts at 4,100 Starling Marte at 2,900. That's a pretty nice price for a player of his quality and Jock Peterson, uh, drawing the platoon advantage against Zach Granke, um, bat, you know, as a left-handed batter, uh, he's, only 2,500. So you're kind of hoping that you can draw the home run, uh, potential fr- from Jock Peterson tonight against Granky. Not an easy thing to do, but it's, it's definitely possible, uh, at Chase field where the ball tends to fly. This Dodger stack intrigues me, including the pitcher tonight. That's uh, a lot of eggs in one basket. And considering Zach Granky's on the other side, I got to say, I'm not too much, too big a fan of this lineup. It's, it's an outlier for me, John. It's, it's interesting. It's definitely, it's definitely a little bit counter to, to conventional wisdom for sure. <laughs> well, and if it pays off, it could pay off handsomely so they're all interesting until the games start but then uh the actual action separates the winners from the losers and that's what we're looking forward to on a daily basis in uh, dfs play but before we sign off john we're going in we're into august now and that doesn't necessarily mean no more trades does it in fact we see we i saw locally information was leaked that uh, Jose Bautista has already been placed on and cleared waivers in recent days. And also, I mentioned about Verlander's situation in Detroit, kind of tenuous. I think teams could still come a-calling. But could you please provide a brief explanation of how the August 31st deadline works and, in fact, how the waivers work in this period? Uh, you know, basically... Um a player is, is placed on the, on the waivers and, you know, any team can claim them if, if, you know, if there are multiple kind of suitors, um, then, then the team with the, with the worst record te- tends to win out or d- does win out, um, just to kind of keep some competitive balance in play there. Um, but you know, once a player does clear waivers that then a, a trade can be worked out. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, especially with guys that you're mentioning there and, and Verlander and Bautista, uh, the monetary, issue tends to be uh the main crux of the matter for, yeah. for teams that are looking to acquire you know so that they'll they'll look at something like all right well we'll trade for this guy and we'll take x amount off your books but you still are on the hook for you know for this right. much um right. you know and that's that's really the big that's why verlander didn't get moved at the at the initial deadline because you know teams are very sort of hesitant to pay to pony up you know really really primo money to to a to an aging right-handed pitcher um that that you know isn't having a particularly great year although he was a Cy Young candidate uh last season um for you know and you're kind of on the hook for until I think is it 2020 or 2022 with Berlin 2020 oh yeah that's still just a a long time that's three more seasons you know it it, you can't imagine that it's going to get uh, there's going to be a rapid turnaround at that point so yeah the the money uh, tied up with veteran contracts it, it really kind of tends to and what a team is willing to part with it sort of dictates what what's going to happen the rest of the way as far as this post uh deadline waiver period goes well like there there you go a great explanation of what we can expect uh and don't be shocked if some of your favorite players are on the waiver deadline waivers these days uh normally that information doesn't get leaked but sometimes you will hear a big name uh it's not a problem not an issue until the deal is done though and and a lot has to happen as john just outlined so there you have it for john mckechnie who's a great follow at johnny mckex i'm paul bruno who you can follow at statsman22 and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition so long everybody